0: follow us on apple podcasts or anywhere else you listen
1: inside sources inside sources with boyd matheson it's been almost a year now since president biden announced that u.s ports would be open 24 7 to help ease the supply chain i think they call that overnight shipping Uh, and yet there's still a ton of problems at our ports according to union leaders. So what's going on? What can be done to fix the problem at the ports? Alex Doherty is a reporter at Politico, had a great piece uh, earlier this week uh, talking about the ports, and he joins us on the line. Alex, thanks for join- jumping on with us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's, let's break it down. We obviously, uh, almost a year ago, uh, everyone was worried about the supply chain and the problems and what was backing up. Uh, what's the reality? Where are, where are we now?
2: So there's still a lot of problems. Um, some of what we saw at the end of last year, in particular, with you know dozens of ships waiting on the west coast to be able to unload, um, unload their cargo, uh, has been alleviated a bit. Um, but the problem is with ports is it's, it's way more than just the ships and and the cranes that take those containers off the ships. It's trucks and trains and other ways to get those containers moving across the country and ultimately you know getting goods into the hands of consumers and a lot of the land side uh, problems uh, have continued over the last year or so.
1: And so as you look at how uh, things get uh, unjammed uh, at the ports, uh, beyond just uh, making sure they're running 24-7, uh, what are some of the things that are, are getting in the way in terms of uh, kind of turning the corner uh, in terms of that supply?
2: So one thing is uh, because the West Coast ports, and that would be Los Angeles and Long Beach most prominently, uh, got so crowded last year is some uh, shipping companies rerouted their business to the East Coast. Uh, what we've been seeing over the last few weeks is the Port of Savannah, which is one of the busier ports on the East Coast in Georgia, uh, has a lot more demand for ships. There's a lot of ships currently waiting off the coast trying to unload containers because they routed all the way you know, across the, the ocean, basically, to, to avoid a problem last year. So that's part of what we're seeing. Uh, another thing we're seeing is there's just a lack of ability and reliability for freight rail. Um, so a lot of these trains that are, are being sent to ports to take goods are either delayed um, and can't be unloaded fast enough and reloaded fast enough to be able to meet, you know, various schedules. And there's also not enough truck chassis. So those would be, you know, the, the containers that go directly on the on the back of a the truck. There's not enough uh, chassis and in some cases not enough truck drivers mm. to take those chassis around.
1: Yeah. And I, I know one of the other, challenges uh, has been uh, some of the union negotiations in terms of how that's going on. What, what is that impacting? What are they negotiating over? Where are the sticking points and is there there any daylight there?
2: Yeah, so one of the other things that's driven some business to the East Coast in particular is the West Coast ports are currently in the middle of union negotiations. Uh, there are some concerns that around the holiday season of this year, there could be a potential work stoppage or work slowdowns uh, that would further impact the ability for you know, containers and cargo to move efficiently and quickly. Uh, as of right now, the, the unions involved in those negotiations um, aren't speaking publicly. They say negotiations uh, are, are continuing. Um, they're not really giving major signals one way or the other about how those negotiations are going. And it's noteworthy the White House and, and the Labor Department have also indicated an interest to help with those negotiations – I think, you know, realizing that stakes are quite high and that a work stoppage, you know, let's say in October, November uh, timeframe would be really bad for U.S. consumers around the holiday season.
1: Yeah, and I think that would also have some very interesting political ramifications if that was to happen uh, around October. That could be a a different kind of October surprise. And uh, this is one of those where, uh, you know, how much the White House can do or can't do in this kind of setting is always up uh, for debate uh, what is it that the that the unions in particular are they hoping that the white house will lean in and weigh in uh, a little more on this and and what are the potential political ramifications uh, as we march towards october and november
2: yeah i mean the political ramifications are quite obvious for for the average voter a major work stoppage or slowdown uh you know something that could cause prices to increase uh, very dramatically would obviously be something the white house would not want to see happen in the weeks before the election Um, in terms of how the actual negotiations are going. I think the white house and and the unions themselves, uh, you know, really see them as a, as a potential mediator, not really someone getting involved directly, putting their, you know, thumbs on the scale, so to speak, and Mm -hmm. and forcing one side or the other to take, you know, a specific action or a specific concession. I think there is a desire to let the process play out. Um, I think what the white house is, is most concerned with is someone walking away um, from a negotiation and at an inopportune time and and potentially forcing something that, you know, I don't think anyone really wants to see, which is, you know, a strike or a work stoppage.
1: Yeah, I, I think that strike or work stoppage is the, the big fear for, for everyone. Is there anything else that you're watching or that you're looking for, Alex, in, uh, in the days and weeks ahead that might give us some indication that we're making some progress or that things are going to settle in and, and move on through, especially the holiday season? Uh, as opposed to that work stoppage or or any kind of strike?
2: So in addition to the West Coast ports, there's also ongoing negotiations between the freight rail companies and uh, their their unions. Mm. Uh, Those negotiations have been going on for more than 30 months. Um, They officially uh, walked away from the mediation table a few months ago. And as of yesterday, the White House-appointed Presidential Review Board uh, came out with a list of, of recommendations uh, in terms of, you know, pay and, and health care benefits uh, and changes and the like uh, for those two unions. Um, that's a pretty significant step. Um, in the past, those recommendations, they're not binding, are usually what ultimately forms the agreement that, that stays off a labor uh, stoppage uh, or strike. And that's something that really, you know, is also important because the deadlines around the, the freight rail also coincide with the potential, you know, movement of goods around the holiday season. You know, the earliest, I believe, that there would be the potential for a strike would be late September, um, and that could be extended a bit into the fall. Um, so that's something we're, we're keeping close tabs on. The railroad seems pretty happy with what the White House came out and said, or the, the White House appointed board came out and said yesterday. Uh, we haven't heard as much from the unions themselves so far in the last, you know, 24 hours or so.
1: Okay. Alex Doherty, reporter for Politico. Uh, Great piece. And this is an important one, uh, I think, especially as we head into the fall and towards that holiday season. Uh, Appreciate your reporting. Thanks for jumping on with us today. Thank you. All right. And that's Alex Doherty, reporter for Politico. And again, I find this so fascinating here we are a year out uh, from when uh, President Biden said, this is our top priority. We are not going to sleep until we get this sorted out in terms of the supply chain. And uh, here we are. Uh, we're still seeing things go to a crawl, as Alex mentioned, a lot of things are had been diverted from the west Coast to the East Coast, hoping that would uh, that would move things along. Uh, we had a lot of uh, very small ball kinds of things like just keeping containers a little further off the coast, so they technically weren't in port uh, and were not part of a backlog at that point. Uh, but again, still the supplies were not moving through the chain. <laughs> And that is the problem, and that's what's causing the the biggest headaches for the American people, for consumers, and for businesses alike that need the raw materials, that need those kinds of things as well. And then, uh, as Alex pointed out, uh, it's not just at the port. Obviously, there's some labor negotiations going on there as it relates to the port, but then you've also got freight. You've also got rail. Uh, that are factoring into that as well. And they're having their own negotiations going on right now. So all of this is is a pretty complicated thing and a challenge, I think, for President Biden to continue to, to manage because this is one of those that if it isn't resolved before we get into those fall months, uh, I kind of uh, almost ingested that would be a, uh, a real October surprise. But if that were to be the case, if we still had this kind of backup in the supply chain, uh, rolling into October and early November, uh, that's a problem because that's going to cause uh, inflationary pricing in terms of a lot of those goods coming into the country. If, there's just, if demand is great and the supply is stuck in the port, uh, that means prices are going up uh, and that's going to create frustration for citizens and, and for voters. And so that's what we're going to have to watch in terms of all of this, because it is one of those where the president said, I'm putting my attention on this. And if we're a year plus out and nothing's changed and no real improvement has been made, uh, that's a tough sell for the president, that this is something he could do as a leader. It's something that he has to get done. And again, how much of that he can actually have influence or control And it's always debatable in terms of what a president really can and can't do. This is one that I think the president can lean in on as it relates especially to unions. There's a lot of influence and a lot of connection there between the president and unions over decades now. And if uh, this president can't uh, move that along, I don't know that anybody can. And so it will be interesting to see. Will the president use political capital uh, to keep the pressure on there to improve things at the ports with freight and with rail? Uh, we'll continue to watch all of it because it will impact you. It'll impact all of us uh, coming in the fall and into those holiday months uh, and all the things you're hoping to put around your Christmas tree. All right,'ll we'll, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, Sim Gill's going to join us. Important conversation coming up next on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon.